0: episode 59. It is Wednesday today and it is sort of an in-between weather day here. It's cloudy and rainy this morning. It's supposed to be sunny and beautiful this afternoon and that feeling of the seasons changing, the weather changing, you know, it sometimes leaves us a little um, unsure, unclear. It's like we're sitting in the in-between. We're sitting in the in-between and that is a match for what I feel moving collectively with so many of the people that I've been talking to and with what's moving in my life. And there's there's a clearing and then a resettling that is happening for so many people. And the topics are different for each of us. So I'm going to name a couple examples and then I'm going to share A piece of my story and um, trust that it'll guide you in a little awareness or a big awareness about your own journey. So, what I was feeling in my meditation is this topic of trusting, you know, trusting again, like coming back around and renewing our trust, our faith, our belief in whatever it is that we're exploring at this time. So, for some, and that might be health. You know, you may have um, made it through one round of an illness or you may have lost a lot of weight and then gained it back and so there's this sense of, can I actually do what I thought I needed to do again? Can I go through all of that again? For some it is work. You know, if you are being challenged in your career, in your gifts that you're sharing with the world, and perhaps you've been let down by a boss, by a co-worker, by a teammate. There's that sense of, can I trust this again? Do I really want to put the time and effort into doing this journey again? For some it may be relationships. So your relationship with your spouse, with your child, with your parent, with your friends, with your neighbors, with your Mm, anyone (laughs) I was trying to think of more examples (laughs) I think that covers everybody (laughs) any family member (laughs) you know when we are disappointed or hurt or let down and we choose to come back and try again or keep trusting it takes a lot of courage and commitment and so that topic of trusting again is what has come up for me The example that I keep thinking of in my meditation is my puppy, not my, our family dog. He's no longer a puppy. I think he's about three. He was a rescue when we got him, and so we're not quite sure on his exact age, but I believe he's around three years old. So I'm going to share that story, journey, (laughs) challenge. I'm going to share some of that In the space and allow my story to bring forward for you whatever the matches are in your story whether it's health or finances or home or work or relationship whatever it is you're working through there will be nuggets that I name in my journey with star our dog that will be relevant for you or you wouldn't be listening to this and then simply allow it to be an awareness and awareness brings information it brings opportunities to shift or change our patterns and our dynamics so yeah star oh boy um i've talked about star before in this podcast and you may or may not have heard the episode so i'll just give you a recap i have never um, owned a dog we had one family dog when i was really little like six or seven and it didn't work out, we didn't keep the dog for very long because we just were not a pet family, Uh, my parents just didn't, there was just a lot going on, (laughs) there was no time to take care of anything else, my mom had three kids, and that was plenty. and so uh, when I, when I became older, when I had children, you know, my children wanted pets, and I just wasn't familiar or comfortable with having a pet, so we just never got one, and, We had a stray cat that showed up when we bought our house and the cat just sort of moved in and she lives indoors and outdoors and does whatever she feels like, so she's not much maintenance or attention. You know, when she feels like getting petted, (laughs) she'll let you know, but most of the time, she's just pretty happy to do her own thing and live her own life. We're blessed to have her kind of wander in and out. So two years ago, we had talked for a while with my son, who at the time was 13, you know, how great it would be to have a dog for him, how much he would love a dog. My husband had always owned dogs, so we'll do this dog thing, and it was always talk. And then somehow we ended up at the pet store, and they had rescues that had been brought in, and there was Star. (laughs) His name at the time was, oh my goodness, what was it now? I can't even remember. It was something crazy like Roscoe, or (laughs) something like really, Not that, you know, just not, just not, (laughs) and so we brought him home and got all the supplies that we needed and thought we were off and running while everyone else has school and work, and so Star became mine. We called him Star because I would always have to walk him. We don't have a fenced-in yard. When I would walk him, I would always be outside, looking at the stars. I'm like, I'm just going to call this dog Star, because that's what he's bringing into my life, are stars. Like, I see the stars all the time now, and I'd never seen them before. So it was not a popular family choice, but since I was taking care of him, I made the choice. When we first got him, he had clearly been traumatized by his previous owners, and he had diarrhea for three weeks. Um, he was shaky, he um, would run and hide, he would jump at us and then jump back, and he'd try to bark when he jumped at us, and he'd try to bite at us, and then he jumped just enough out of reach that you got the sense he'd either been hit or kicked every time he tried to get attention. And he was a puppy, super high energy, lots and lots of energy, he wanted to play, wanted to, you know, be in the middle of everything, and also, like, absolutely no idea how he could do that. And. And navigate it was such an intense time and I had no experience with being a pet owner so it was a huge activation for me I cried all the time I lost my shit over and over again I was screaming one minute and crying the next and knowing I was completely out of control in the process and um, I never hit him, I never got violent or aggressive because I could tell he had been traumatized and that just isn't my style to, I don't hit and I don't usually yell and scream, but he brought all of this emotion to the surface. And I was remembering times where I'd been bit by a dog, in this life I'd been killed by dogs, in other lifetimes he was bringing up all of this fear, this visceral primal fear that I didn't even know I possessed inside of me. and when I would lose it, I remember one time leaning, <laughs> leaning into the wall with my face just like pushing into the wall in the living room, crying and screaming and going, I hate you, I hate you. And he's running around barking, thinking we're playing a game and I'm supposed to catch him and I was just losing it. It was so intense and because I was so present with all the emotion and and sharing it with my family and my friends and allowing people to support me and to give me advice and to tell me how to navigate being a dog owner and you know help me with all of these specific things that could empower us to create a relationship together. We slowly started to work our way through it. And it took time. You know, it took it took immense courage on my part to stick with this dog that terrified me and it took immense courage on my dog's part to trust that he was safe, you know, to believe that he wouldn't be hurt. And one of the first things that I learned very quickly is I was giving him so much space. I thought how awesome, like this dog has the whole house to roam in and you know, he's got plenty of room and um, you know, freedom and I didn't have any sort of set Thing he was supposed to do. So every time he barked, I would think he had to go to the bathroom. So I, he trained me, right? I went to the door and I'd walk him outside and we'd come back in. He hadn't peed. And I'd get so mad because I'd spend my whole day trying to walk this dog who clearly didn't need to go to the bathroom as often as I thought he did. And slowly, like the advice of other people started to sink in. You know, they don't go to the, the bathroom as often as people, so they don't need to walk as often. So you just kind of wait. And then, you know, you take them to the same place. So they have these routines of where they know they go. And One of my friends had said to me, you need to put Gates up and give him a certain amount of space that is just his because he's got too much room. It's too scary for him. It's too big. You need to confine him. One of my friends, until he feels safe. One of my friends brought a crate over and she's like, put him in the crate and at night, you know, he can sleep in this little cocoon. It'll become his safe place, which I thought was torture to put a dog in a crate. I'm like, who would do that? That's mean. He loves it. He loves it. As I record this right now, our, he, his crate is in the bedroom, and I record all of these uh, podcasts in this blue rocking chair in my bedroom. And he's sitting across from me, gate open, but passed out napping in the crate, because that's his happy place. It's where he feels safe. So we, we created boundaries at first to bring safety back in. So sometimes in this journey of trusting again, you know, when we are working with our health or our relationships or our work, we have to put boundaries in place, new habits, new routines, new expectations for each other and say, here's the safe room. This is the container within which we start to build trust back up again. And it'll take some time. And, you know, at first for Star, I would let the, I would let him come downstairs in my office while I was working. So I'd take the gate down for downstairs. So then he'd be able to go up and down, downstairs and upstairs. Well, first I would gate him in downstairs with me. (laughs) Then I would take the gate down. He'd go upstairs and downstairs, but he couldn't go to the third floor. And, you know, just over time, over time, as he seemed to feel more settled as I did, like we would just experiment with it and communicate and his reactions would teach me new actions and you know just became this easier and easier dance listening to the support of those around me who had more experience we forget that sometimes we forget when we're learning to trust again that others have been on similar walks and they may have wisdom for us about how to really walk a healthier path or how to build morale and teamwork at the office if it's been destroyed. You know, we have others around us who can bring us wisdom if we're open to receiving it. Sometimes simply sharing. You know, I would sit with my husband and go, we need to get rid of the dog. We're done. We're not keeping... I would always call him the dog when I was mad. The dog is going. He's like, no, he's not. He's part of the family. He's going to stay. Nope, he's going. <laughs> and then my son would walk in. He's like, "I love you, Star. You're the best dog that ever was." I was like, "Oh, the dog is staying." <laughs> you know, it—it was—it um, was a softening, it was a healing that happened within my heart, within Star's heart. It was slowly building over time, where he knew we weren't going to kick him out. He knew we were never going to hit him, ever. we tap him on the butt if he's trying to chase his cat sister, but we would never hit him. And we would never, you know, deliberately, like, be aggressive or mean to him. We would treat him with kindness and consistency. And it's so much bigger than what I can share in a short little podcast, but it's a beginning it's a beginning sometimes the trusting again is is so overwhelming for example when we lose someone that we love when someone we love transitions we never lose them when someone we love transitions and we are still here in this human journey and they are no longer physically around us learning to trust that their soul their energy their love is still something that is constantly going to walk with us the rest of our journey. Trusting that is an immense leap for many. Learning to trust again after a relationship ends or is wounded, it can feel like jumping off a cliff. Is there even the possibility I could ever believe in love or believe in a happy, healthy marriage or believe in a best friendship you know, is that even a possibility after trust is destroyed? Take such courage. And it is our choice to claim that and to move towards that. You know, it was a constant choice. I talked about this, I think, Monday. It's a constant choice to say, I'm here and I'm living this moment, this experience, open, full open heart." to come back again and again with Star, even when he would jump at me and scare me and bark at me and try to bite me, to come back again and again and go, we can do this, I know we can do this. We've got this, we're gonna figure it out. You're staying, I'm staying, we are a family together. It takes such courage and such commitment. And all of those small choices over and over and over again. So whatever your match is as you're listening to this, you know, and I said this last night in my Tuesday video. I do a video that's called So Soul Stories. It's on YouTube. And it's an opportunity for me to be eye to eye because there's so much more that is said through the eyes versus just the voice. To be eye to eye with others via a technology and to be eye-to-eye with myself, with my soul as I record those videos. And what I was sharing last night is... It's an intense time and relationships are where we are learning our biggest, deepest lessons. And it's a choice to continually come back and learn more, expand more. And be in this human journey in all of its intensity. And keep, keep opening up to love keep showing up as love, keep being love. So if you're looking for some (laughs) eye-to-eye contact for a little deeper conversation, you know, watch the video and see what it brings up for you. These are very intense times and it takes lots of support, lots of witnessing, lots of time and contemplation and healing to move through whatever it is we are each going through. So I offer you hope and inspiration and encouragement. Like of course you can do it, of course you can do it. You can do anything you set your mind to. You just hold that intention and vision really clearly in your mind's eye like me seeing Star laying in the crate, totally zonked out. (laughs) I told the vet when I went for a visit, it was probably a year or so after we had brought him home, (laughs) and they had seen me, how out of control I was, you know, trying to bring this dog into the vet's office and control him and get shots and then (laughs) get him home. I was losing it. And I came a year later, and they were like, what happened? Who is this dog? What has happened to this dog? And my response, which I hadn't really processed until I said it out loud in the moment, I said, well, he's meditating with me every day. (laughs) Like, How could he not chill out? (laughs) He just sighed as I say that. (laughs) He's like, I'm so sick of her meditation. He's living a pretty sweet life, let me tell you. Mm. <sighs> okay, um, one last nugget there. I will not be doing a podcast tomorrow. I am going out of town for a funeral to witness the celebration of this beautiful woman's life who I have loved for a long time as a mentor and a beacon of light for myself in my journey. So I will be honoring her and holding space for love to expand in that celebration tomorrow. So I will be back on Friday. <sighs> Much love.